St. John forward, spitting out some more words, fully intact, jacked, ready to rap and attack. Small John on your lawn, living like a gnome, hit you with my lyrics like a bullet to your dome. Tonight when he comes up here, he's either gonna kill or he's gonna suck. But there's no in between for Mr. John forward. Welcome to St. John Forward Radio, special spooky, hang on, there we go, spooky Halloween edition, um, pre-recorded from the, not live, from the uh, four-story walk-up studios here in a lovely undisclosed undisclosed location. Um, my name is John Forward, I'm the host of the show, this is on every Monday night from 9 till 10 o'clock. On local 107.3 FM, streaming on YouTube and Facebook in beautiful uh, medium definition video. Um, High definition is too expensive. You don't need to see any more details of my face. Um, But uh, this is the special Halloween episode. And, uh, you know, frankly, I've got better things to do on Monday night. So we're uh, we're doing this on a Saturday afternoon. Yep, some some stuff's going on. I'm not going to get to, maybe I'll talk about it more when I'm on my own. We've got a special guest coming up that I'll introduce in a few moments. But uh, I, uh, on last, just a quick update on last week's episode, I was, uh, I was grumbling a little bit uh, about work. It's been rough, but uh, happy to say I've given my notice at my job um, for, uh, for a new slash old thing. That will probably not be discussed on the uh, on the podcast, but anyway, that's going on. Um, so, uh, speaking of four story walk up, just recorded a new ep with uh, with Brian and Arif last night. You can check that out on Facebook and YouTube, and it will eventually be up on the Podbean. It's a good one. There's there's a little bit of a technical snafu at the beginning of it. Brian's microphone wasn't working, but we got that sorted out. So, uh, power through. Um, check it out. It's a, uh, it's a good app, especially, uh, the, uh, the new, the new segment that we sort of half debuted. I mean, we did it before, but now there's a, a video stinger. So that means that it's, uh, that it's real, but, uh, yeah. So stuff coming up, uh, this week, I am, uh, I'm coming up on this Thursday, November 3rd. I'm on the Fuel to the Fire comedy show at the uh, Furnace Room in Moncton, and uh, that's as good a time as any to uh, welcome in our guest, just in time for a cough, Matt White, the host of the Furnace Room Fuel to the Fire comedy show in Moncton. How are you doing, sir? Good. Yourself, John? Good. Um, What's uh, what's this costume that you've got on for Halloween? This this costume is just basically the the character costume I use on stage. This is the the plaid shirt that everybody mocks me of, of looking like a lumberjack. But uh, yeah, it's just the character thing, I guess. I decided I, I'd be in character for the podcast, I suppose, because it's Saturday and it's my day off. I appreciate the effort. <laughs> I didn't go uh, I didn't go full makeup. I'm I'm gonna I'm wearing this costume out to uh, yeah to a show tonight. I'm probably gonna, I'm gonna do the makeup. I, uh, my, my actual costume I plan on doing actually requires me to maybe shave my beard. So I haven't made the decision yet, but, uh, you'll know by the, uh, by show, by the show next week, uh, if I, 
if yeah. I if I went through with it. <laughs> Mine's gonna be off. I'm not gonna go right right down to the skin. I'll just give yeah. it so that it's fuzzy enough so that if I shave the edges, it still kind of looks like a beard a little bit within a couple of days. That and, works. Uh, you know, for I think it'll add a 3D effect to the makeup. Beetlejuice has like yeah. mossy parts on his face. Yeah. So I'll probably and, leave like a patch here, and I'll paint that green. Yeah, and Beetlejuice had a bit of a, like a five o'clock kind of fuzz yeah. going on too. So, yeah. So you, usually, yeah. if I have to, if I have to shave down for something, I'll just uh, I won't go right down to the skin. I'll give it enough so that like if I just remove this part of it, it still looks like there's a shape of a beard. Um, yeah. But uh, the chins will be on full display for for a little while. I hear um, you. Yeah, you could have lied and just said that you were. That's your Al Borland costume from Home Improvement. <laughs> I guess I could have. I I'm not the first person to make that comment. No, no, that's been uh, raised a time or two. All I, need, I do have an actual toolbox. I guess I could go out with that tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just bring a toolbox around. Yeah, just um, a hammer. So uh, before we uh, we get uh, before we get into it, we're we're gonna start off with a song. Do you want to tell us about the one that uh, that I had to drag out of you? This is one of my favorite songs. Uh, I'm a huge blues fan, jazz fan. Uh, Freddie King is one of my favorite artists of all time. Uh, this is the Palace of the Kings, just a badass too. And I figured we'd put it on just for the sake of you know playing it. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, let's hear some. Freddie King, Palace of the King on St. John Forward Radio, and then uh, I'll be back in a few minutes with uh, with Matt White. Talking about the places I've been 
And we're back on St. John Forward Radio, little Freddie King. This is why I like to have the guest pick a song. Sometimes I hear something I never heard before, and it was a good song. So, Oh, wonderful. Thank you for broadening my horizons. <laughs> I, I, could have been, I could have been a little cocky and asked for like one of my old bands, but I was like, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Are you on Spotify? <laughs> yeah, I have an old band called King Viking. We have some stuff on Spotify. Uh, we had a good song. Uh, Revolution was a good song. Uh, Dead Man's Hand was a really good song. Uh, the others were just more experimental type songs. And it's fully a four song EP. But uh, yeah, yeah, good times, good memories. <laughs> so, uh, so I guess uh, you've uh, you spent a while in the uh, in the performing arts. You've been uh, you've been in music. You're you're yeah. also a, a fellow radio jockey. Um, retired radio jockey actually Uh, I uh, did like you and kind of went back to uh, to an old new thing to a new old thing uh, just about a few weeks ago so yeah so uh, we're on that path now (laughs) that um, I know for me the the change it's it's I've been I've I've been uh, pretty uh, excited to be able to walk away from my current thing I've got a lot of uh, it's it's been uh, it's been a stressful period but uh you know the the change is kind of less stable but also hopefully less of a pain in the butt but i don't know i understandable you know when when it uh when it came through it's been something i've been working on for like a month i interviewed and they basically offered it to me in the interview but then they just dragged their feet getting everything set up so that okay like for sure so i didn't want to give my notice and then like when it came through the day that I wanted to give my notice, I was like super nervous. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm you know I'm turning a new page. I'm almost forty now. Uh, I've burned a lot of bridges at previous jobs. Uh, in this in this one, I had a I had a bit of a hard time pulling the kind of references that they wanted because like I've got all kinds of coworkers yeah. that can attest to the good job that I did, but. I, you know, I've got a lot of uh, former managers in my wake that uh, <laughs> probably wouldn't give me a good reference. So, yeah. uh, as much as you know, I'm I'm leaving the current job because I've got some frustrations with it, but also you know, want to try something, want to change in my life. But I uh, decided to not burn the bridge. Um, trying to be grac- graceful in my uh, in my bow out. Um, but uh, was was it was it stressful for you, kind of making that like, making that change? It was hard at first. It was tough because I still have a great relationship with them. Like that bridge is not burned with the radio uh, industry, but uh, like I still have some projects I'll probably be doing this winter. I know uh, come Christmas time I do some stuff with them and stuff, so I probably will still be around for that part time. Uh, yeah. But my new career is basically my same old career uh, that I came back into with open arms and it's a great thing. It's a really great feeling. Like it's been a couple of weeks of like kind of living in the past, but like all within a new team and a new future and a new vision for this, uh, for this industry. So it's, it's looking promising. That's for sure. It's definitely going to allow me to, uh, to be a bit more uh, financially stable, which is nice. Yeah. And I've, I've been doing like the campus radio thing on and off for like 20 years. And that would be yeah. something like this being a, I'm like, I don't get any money for this, obviously, but uh, being a DJ seems like it would be a, a fun thing or working in radio in general. But also, I mean, even I don't have any like professional experience with it other than this, but uh, I was in the same boat like, on its way out. So it's it would be it seems like 
2022 is not a good time to get into radio. I, I agree. Cause I, for us too, for where I worked was a community radio station, similar to where you do your show out of. And I was just ended up being one of the team that works there to actually get some payroll. But uh, we have a lot of volunteers that still do a lot of work. And I still probably willing to do a volunteer once I know once things are a bit more stable here in the new industry. So I think it'll be a, still a, a good thing to have in the, in the back pocket, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like traditional radio is going to kind of cease to exist as soon as we get to a point where there's kind of ubiquitous Wi-Fi just available. Yeah. In general. Cause the, I mean, there's really no, I feel like most people that are listening to the radio when it's not being like cross broadcast on mm-hmm. the internet, it's just kind of. Yeah. That's, that's, and I mean, radio in the background. Yeah. Like radio is something like if you have a car nowadays, you buy a new car, you have so many different options other than the radio nowadays. Like you can stream music right off your phone. You have the satellite option or you have, you know, this, that, the other. So I think once it kind of dies out in cars, I think that's where you're going to see the big, big decline Yeah, uh, for radio. Yeah. And have you ever caught yourself, um, this has happened to me many times where, uh, I'll just, I'll think that I discovered something on, uh, on Spotify. I'm like, Oh, I'm the only one that knows about this and I'll play it for somebody. And they're like, that song is on the radio constantly. <laughs> I've, I've had that happen. Yeah. Completely unplugged from, uh, from pop culture in that regard, music. Anyway, I just listen to, uh, you know, I, I enjoy, I still listen to new stuff. I, I religiously listen to my, uh, my discover weekly on the Spotify and find a few yeah. new things here and there, but, yeah. uh, I don't know what a, a lot of, uh, do you, do you get into a lot of new stuff with, uh, with your music? Like on my phone right now, all of the albums that I have downloaded are mostly like new ones that have come out in the last six months. I find a lot of people my age listen to the same like exact albums on repeat that they listened to when they were in high school. Yeah. I do a lot of like discovery from like old times. Like I, I go way back in the past. Like I even go further down, like to music from like the thirties and twenties, like being a blues fan, like you discover like a new blues artist here and there, especially in jazz. Like, but I'm like, you know, classic rock and stuff like that is kind of my go-to, mm-hmm. but new stuff, like especially new, like metal and rock. I've, I've never really got on that train ever. Like it's not something I ever really had interest in. So yeah. Yeah, I too. Typically, like I'll I'll listen to uh, I put on the Discover Weekly as like my wake up music in the uh, in the bedroom, and I'll listen to that for about like fifteen minutes before I get out of bed. And if if somebody I like, if there's a song that comes up that I like, I'll kind of uh, I'll add that album, and then eventually I'll I'll listen to it. And if I like the artist, I'll just follow them. So that way, like when they when that band has a new album out, I just kind of download it. And then, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's how I roll. Yeah, I'll, no, I will still go back to the the classic like high school stuff as kind of comfort food here and there. But uh, yeah, oh, I, I don't listen to anything. I listen to as high school was like that train it was like the Slipknot train, the the heavy metal train. But now that I'm older, it's like you know that it's noise to me now. It's weird. I, I'm like a I'm like a, uh, a mean old man when like you were listening to that metal. Like turn that stuff down. Like you know that's who I've turned into now. Oh, well, I'm the opposite. <laughs> I'll listen to a new Slipknot album, and be like, this is too soft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah yeah that's um so uh i think i first met you i think right before covid at a hell's basement show i be- i feel like that's when you were first starting like how deep into comedy was that like one of your first shows that would have been that was about a year and a half in when covid started but i was probably still under the 20 set range because i hadn't been doing a lot of like 
I, I did I did it for like three months and took like six months off and then came back for like four months and then COVID hit. Uh, and I believe that's about the time we would have met. Uh, but for me, 2021 was oddly enough my busiest year uh, in stand-up. So that was kind of like where we were doing more parking lot shows and places were popping up here and there in Moncton. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of when I started being busier. But yeah, that would have been about probably a year and a half in at that point. So were you, was uh, Yuck Yuck still around in St. John when you started? Did you hit up the amateur night? There? My first <laughs> time ever. First sets. Yeah, my first show ever was at Yuck Yucks in St. John. I saw that they had the amateur night on the website, which was the calendar. So I uh, I emailed uh, Steve Barnes, who owned, the, who owned the club at the time, and I said, I'm a musician. I've been a musician for so many years. I'm trying to stand up for the first time as a new art form. I like to get in on the show. He's like, yeah, come on down. Perfect. So I went down uh, on that show. I would have met uh, Shane Ogden, uh, Brian Godso, uh, and a few other comedians who I don't remember who they were. That uh, Austin Hill as well. Uh, and uh, I think the week after that, uh, Yuck Yuck shut down. So I yeah. think it's like within that week that whole club shut down. And my second time after that would have probably been about a month probably that was the late september so i think it was early november by the time i had been my first uh hell's basement show yeah i'm always curious about the mindset of somebody who who does their first set on like yuck yucks or uh, like punchlines recently had kind of uh, an amateur showcase yeah. thing that seems like much higher stakes to me. I mean, when, when I started there, though, I mean, that didn't really exist. Yeah. Did, did you, were you aware that there was kind of an amateur comedy scene or was Yuck Yucks like your only window into that world? And that's, that's how you, that's where you stay. Hell's, Hell's Basement was already open at that time. So I knew that we had the club here in town because I was good friends with Shannon. I'd known Shannon for, for quite a few years who ran the club. And I think it was more nerves that like, I don't want to do it in front of people I know for the first time. So I didn't really tell anybody I was getting into it. And I just kind of like did it on my own privately and just went up for the trip to St. John, got an Airbnb, stayed the night, like just really like focused. And it was like during a week's vacation too. So it was time perfectly for like, you know, just get away and focus on it. And the first set was terrible. I got, uh, I had two I had two bits, uh, really, that I worked into five minutes. One was about um, one was about Tinder, and the other one was about weed just having been legalized for about a year. Uh, and I only got a laugh on like one of the lines in Tinder that I didn't think was going to be funny. And uh, if it wasn't for Shane Ogden, be like, yeah, you, you got a couple of laughs. You were pretty good. Uh, I don't think I would have done it done it ever again. Like I would have just like that ship has sailed. It's not for me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, thanks to those couple of few words from Shane, uh, that's where it kind of came in to be, yeah, I think I could probably, uh, pull this off. It's funny. Like I'm, I'm not very good at giving uh, positive reinforcement. I try to, if, if it's a new person, I'll, I'll try to make more of an effort. And, and yeah. like, I also don't want to lie to anybody. I'll, I'll try, mm. I'll find something positive to say. If I, if I've ever complimented anyone that you or anyone yeah. who's listening, I meant it. Um, <laughs> good to know. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I know like when I started, there wasn't really anything. I was doing it at music open mics, which is dreadful, but, uh, yeah. I mean, if, uh, just very soul crushing, but I just kind of, I just wanted to do it and I was stubborn enough to continue going on. But I know just every now and then there'd be a comment from somebody like, yeah, good job. That was funny. And like, oh, it's yeah. cool to see somebody doing something different. Like just, yeah. you 
you ignore a lot of favor in in favor just because of that like that one little positive uh yeah no i just my thing was that i was always a writer it's like even in music like i was a songwriter I write a lot of songs so stand-up is a lot like writing lyrics like you play with words you play with lines and if it wasn't for probably like episodes 400 to about 699 of joe rogan uh for me watching them at that time uh basically him talking about the writing process and how it works and this and that like having a lot of like amateur comedy store stand-ups in that kind of realm before he really blew up that's where i learned where i'm like it's not so different from what i've been doing all these years uh with music so i was like if i gave it a try so i started writing material here and there uh just recorded myself saying some things and like trying it out my own apartment alone and then just kind of finally making the jump uh to doing it but then realizing like starting out, it's like, Oh man, like this is like the first time ever getting on stage at like 14 years old with the guitar yeah. and doing it. Cause even when I play music in bars, if I had a solo show, just like an acoustic guitar and a quarter show, I'd play a couple of songs that I'd say like Mitch Hedberg jokes in between, like just like the one liners of like da 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 da. And then get like into Mitch the Hedberg next song style like, or actual Mitch Hedberg jokes, actual like Mitch Hedberg. Like, uh, cause I didn't know better at the time, you know? But uh, that was just like a musician. Like it's, it's a weird thing. Um, just the etiquette is completely different. Like you can't, can't I'm sure somebody has tried it, but you can't really do like a covers comedy show. Yeah. It would be like a novelty. Like I've, I've thought about like maybe like as a Halloween show, just have like a, cause in St. John there, uh, I don't know if it even happens anymore, but they, they used to have like a yearly show where they would have like, and they would just introduce everybody as the band that they were covering. So they'd be like, yeah, yeah coming up on, I think it was like an April fool's day thing, like the dead Kennedys and whoever, like yeah. a bunch of people that doesn't comedy had- would be, be harder. Cause there's, there's not as many, um, like recognizable bits, I guess yeah. There's, we all have our own favorites, but something that you could whip out at a show that people would be like, Oh, that's there's, there's a few of them. Um, yeah. Around like, that time when I was doing it, around the time when I was doing it, there was about, uh, it was like when Jimmy Fallon was getting, going viral with like the Neil Young covers where he'd cover like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air as Neil Young, or he'd do like uh, a pop song as like Bruce Springsteen. So like I'd bring those covers to the table with me because people would recognize them too. And they sing along, which is kind of fun. So, like, you know, a really folk version of the French Prince of Bel Air is like one of the funniest things you could hear. Like, uh, even playing it is hard to keep a straight face. Yeah, yeah. M- music has musicians have a little bit more uh, leeway, and uh, they can cheat a little bit with uh, with stuff yeah. like that. You can kind of throw in a cover to to win over the audience. Also, um, you got you can you can practice a song at home. That's much harder to do with a stand up set. Exactly. And in stand up, like what I learned is early on is if you don't get reactions, it's quiet up there compared to when you're a musician, you can be background noise. Everybody can be talking like there's no issues there at all. But if you have a joke that doesn't land, like you're, you're just, that's when the anxiety kicks in. You just start sinking and singing and singing. Exposed. Yeah. Yeah, I well, yeah, you 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 kind of listened to uh, you came in with pe- hearing people on Rogan. For me, that was like I got super into listening to like WTF at a certain point and listened mm-hmm. to those and just I I had tried stand up like three or four times I think in like two thousand two 
and just, okay. just kind of dropped off from it. And then I didn't start again until, I don't know, probably like 10 or 11 years ago. Yeah. Um, but a, a big piece of encouragement was listening to those people kind of talk about their origin stories and finding out like you're supposed to kind of suck at the beginning. Everybody does. Even these people that I love went through similar experiences that I did. So that's exactly it encourages you to get over the hump. Yeah. It just shows you that like we're all human in this trade. Like it's all, we're just people that, you know, somehow need that kind of self, uh, absorption of like, you know, having people react to what they say and things like that. It's just kind of like, it's, it's not like a disease, but it's just something that we have that's unique in that way. But at the end of the day, we're not, we're not like superhumans, you know, we're just regular people who have this one muscle to kind of flex a bit more to be funny. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So what's, um, like what, what are the, the audiences like or the difference between when you're playing in a band and when you're doing a comedy show? Playing in a band, like depending what the band is, like if you're looking like a, like a cover band, that's like, you know, you'll have your dancers, you'll have like, you know, you're playing your, your top 40 or top, you know, classic rock tunes. You have the dancers, you have the drinkers, you have this. When you're like an originals band and you play your own kind of music, that's kind of a different audience as well. Like they're the people actually come to listen and like, you know, enjoy the music, buy the albums, buy the CDs, buy the t-shirts, like, but uh, it's, and then you have like the acoustic audience where you're more like the corner guy in the bar and like some people talk, some people listen, some people have requests, like that's the big difference. And then when you get to stand up, like everybody's quiet, they're, they're looking, they're listening to you and it's like, what do I do now? Like, this is, this is it. But the power you have with the microphone and when a joke really lands is one of the most beautiful feelings you could probably ever feel. Yeah. And I, I feel like, um, again, back to the etiquette thing, it's being an audience at a comedy show is different than being an audience for a music thing where yeah. for that's that's why, um, like if somebody's talking, especially during a show, especially if I'm hosting and it's it's my show or something, I want to shut them up. But I usually don't go real hard right out the gate because yeah, I, I tend to assume that they just don't know that what they're doing is a pain in the ass for everybody else. Or because yeah. uh, like if you go to a music, like if you start having a conversation with your friend, nobody nobody cares. I know a musician yeah. would prefer that everybody be like locked in and giving them their full attention, mm -hmm. but it's not as much of a problem as at, at a comedy show. Somebody's having a full on conversation in the room. Yeah, no, exactly. That's, that's a whole different factor. Oh, I'll give them um, a few warnings and I'll get progressively meaner. I mean, if I've already asked them politely three times to be quiet and they don't, then the, uh, then the knives come out. Yeah. Well, it's like the last no jokes part I had, I had that one heckler. Like I was the only one being heckled that night. And it was like, why, why me? Like even, even before the show, I remember they offered me a seat at their table and I was like, okay, well, this is weird. Then I get on stage and they're heckling on, me. On nachos lady. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's, it's a bit of a dance because so, sometimes like I did engage with her early on in the show and sometimes okay. that goes well, but sometimes that's like, oh, I'm, Part of this now so yeah sometimes it just opens the door and you're like oh shit i should not open that door to begin with but yeah yeah all right well uh this we're halfway through so i will remind everybody that we're listening to uh local 107.3 fm i'm supposed to say that in the middle there's other stuff i'm supposed to do that i never <laughs> have 
no one has ever called me on, so I don't. Um, but uh, let's uh, let's take another quick uh, musical break, and then we'll talk about, uh, I guess, uh, hosting your own show that I'm going to be on this Thursday, so we can yeah. talk a little bit about that. Um, but um, here, let's let's play this Muse song that is Halloween themed on St. John Forward Radio. You may, what is this called? I can't see the whole title. I think it's You Make Me Feel Like You Make Me Feel Like It's Halloween. We'll be back. make me feel like it's halloween that white <laughs> um so we're back here on saint john forward radio uh so i'm uh, i'm doing the uh the furnace room coming up this thursday uh november 3rd in moncton um what's is the, is the bar called the furnace room yeah the, right. the bar is called the furnace room yeah that's correct the, the show's called the fuel to the fire comedy show uh, it's a monthly show that we have there. Uh, they've been more than accommodating to us, the comedians, the audiences. 
Uh, and I mean, we've been filling the place. Every show has been really fun. You were on the first one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, had, a, uh, had a lovely time. Yeah, yeah, you had a great set that night, which is why we'd love to have you back, which is wonderful. But we've been having amazing comedians. We've been having people become fan of, of local comedians. It's been a really a great show to kind of allow people to, to discover our local comedy scene, which is really nice uh, because we have a beautiful comedy scene in the Maritimes. Uh, but like this has been like uh, a kind of a hot bar in Moncton that doesn't have a niche crowd that has like anybody and everybody goes there. Uh, it's a really one of the busiest places in town to begin with. Uh, and I'm really thankful that they let us do these shows here and like allow us to have the time slot. And we, we bring them great business from what I've seen from the last few shows. So I'm hoping that that progresses uh, much more in the future. So we're hoping uh, to have a Christmas special here come December, if all goes good. And then uh, we have the upcoming show here for November. So what are you, are you looking forward to it? I assume, because you've done yeah, the first one, which is had great. A lot of fun on the, uh, on the first one. Um, I don't don't get a lot of opportunities in Moncton. We won't get into it, but uh, <laughs> glad to have a, a fun show that I'm uh, I'm allowed to participate in. So that's been fun. Um, so uh, be, being a few years deep in your uh, your stand up comedy uh, career, what made you want to start your own show? Uh, just basically wanting to kind of have the the right place to show all these great comedians that I've met over these last two years like and also to, to kind of give me a chance to to have a regular practice of material where I can come in and just kind of go for it because we only have four mics here in Moncton uh, a month uh, soon to have a few more we're working the details on that big announcement coming for December which I won't get into but uh, that's going to be huge with myself and John Skull Nielsen. Uh, that's going to be I, the only details I can give. It's going to be uh, weekly. Uh, so that's going to be something huge here in Moncton that we're going to develop. But uh, a lot of great things happening. But yeah, the Furnace Room is is one of my favorite shows that I have, especially with the audience we're bringing in. Uh, and and it's it's fantastic. Like that's what I love. Uh, we like we have uh, the Canvas Hotel, which I think you've also done here in Moncton. Yeah, we have yeah, the Old Triangle. A couple of weeks ago. Old Triangle. Yeah. They haven't had the pleasure. I've, I've heard stories, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a fun room. It's But that is kind of a bit more of a restaurant setting. So people don't really expect yeah. comedy at the time. But here we have a great marketing team with the Furnace Room that uh, we all kind of play together with myself and the venue. Uh, yeah, well, even, even that so, first show, so it's not even an established thing. I think it was pretty well yeah. noticed that first time. So Yeah, no, so that's been great. So I'm really happy for uh, for the success we've had there and uh, allowing our community to grow much, much more. Because even then, I think this one is, I have a, some brand new comedians that we never had before that I know they're just a few months in the game, but uh, having the opportunity to have some stage time elsewhere, they've uh, developed some really great stuff. So I'm happy to have them there and have them give them, have their shot. Yeah, I give everybody 10 minutes. So if you guys use the whole 10 minutes, fine. If you don't, you don't. It is what it is. This one here, this week, I have a bit more of a time setting because I have a few promises that I made that uh, I have to be really tight on time, but uh, we'll be uh, we'll be fine with it. Yeah, and I, I think that's good. I'm, I've, I've been pretty loose about it at my shows, and sometimes I, I just assume that everybody knows kind of, you know, it's the standard seven to 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, but some people just go way too long. And oh, some, yeah. sometimes I'm like looking at my watch. I'm like, what are you doing? But then yeah. I remember like, I, I didn't actually specifically tell anybody how long they could do. Yeah. So I feel that much, yeah. that much worse uh, cutting them off because I mean, they're not yeah. breaking any agreement that I yeah. verbally told them anyway. So, yeah. 
I have to be strict, unfortunately, because we have a time frame. We have to be from 7.30 to 9.30 because for them starting at 10, they have live music. So we need to give yeah. some time for the band to set up and all that. So we're pretty strict under curfew, but I know we've gone over a few weeks, but uh, nothing too major. I think that's caused issues, and I don't think they're too worried with the, with the people we're bringing in. I think they're pretty happy, even though we go over uh, five, ten minutes or so. So yeah, no, no jokes fired when it's on Saturdays. It's been for a while. They they also wanted to have like a hard out at at nine thirty. So okay. uh, so that they they don't always have something booked at ten, but he wants to have the option of that. So I don't yeah. mind uh, accommodating that. And sometimes, and um, I think the last one was the first time that they actually did book something for ten o'clock. So I. I was a bit more strict of uh, enforcing the times. I sent everybody the message like seven ten, um, and you know I always try, especially new people. I like to tell them like too short is way better than too long. So yeah, yeah, um, no, exactly. And uh, yeah, that last show, I think that was the first time in a long time where I actually, you know, I I looked at what time people started and I gave like a light at seven minutes and then uh, I gave another light at ten. Um, but uh, that's 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 kind of an awkward thing because I mean even if you tell people how long the sets are, there's also the assumption that they know what it means if I'm holding mm-hmm. up my cell phone light in the background, um, which they don't necessarily. And also, especially new comedians, if they're up there looking at their shoes the whole time, they might not even see the light. Yeah, no, exactly. I try. I, if I do the light, I try to make sure that I get some sort of acknowledgement, either to see it flash in your eye or to get like yeah. the head nod that you saw it. So. I try to. I kind of give the pep talk before the show. Be like, "Look, guys, this is the this is how it goes. It's going to be this, this, this. Uh, please respect your times. You'll be lit." Uh, but uh, those who who tend to ignore the light, I kind of keep a little metal note for the next uh, for the next time they put their name on the sign up sheet. But uh, I'm not yeah. one to, to to ban people off the show. I'll just probably give you you know two three shows off, and then you know we'll get you back next time. But uh, yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm always worried if I'm if uh, especially without like announcing it ahead of time. If I just give somebody the light, I don't want them to be like, "Oh, I'm getting the light because I'm bombing," which yeah, sometimes is the case. Um, but I'm but I've never cut off somebody early because they were bombing. But if they're bombing no, and also running long, then yeah, yeah. But uh, but but even a lot of people don't understand. Like even if you're doing well you'd still stick to your time. Like even if you were exactly. destroying, um, if you go too long, then that just makes the the whole show longer. And that kind of hurts, yeah. uh, hurts everybody else. It makes yeah. everybody that much more tired. Cause, Cause at the end of the day, it's all about the audience attention span, right? Which we've learned is an hour and a half to two hours tops, yes. you know? So, you know, yeah, you really want to stay there. An hour and a half. I have an intermission in mind, which I think I'm the same way. More leeway. Which uh, that that was something that I got pushed back because that was against like the comedy rule book <laughs> in the uh, in the early days um, yeah. because that's not a common thing. But for for me, I like to have the intermission first just to reset everything. And also, if you don't, then at some point during the show, somebody is going to hit the stage and like half of the room is going to clear out to go smoke. Yeah. And yeah, uh, exactly. I mean that can that can still happen throughout the show, but I feel like at least if people know that like there's going to be yeah. a time where that that's the time to make it happen. Exactly, it gives you the bathroom breaks. It gives you the chance to talk for ten minutes if you got to say absolutely something. You get it out then. Have your drinks refilled. Have the servers come through. You know, 
if uh, any like loud drinks have to be made, you know, that's, you know, always a good thing to have that intermission I find, but yeah. So that, that's a good thing to have. Yes. I like how, when I asked you why you wanted to do this, you started out with, I wanted to give everybody an opportunity. I was more selfish than that. I certainly, I mean, do like to give people the opportunity, but I started the show to give myself some more, some more stage time just because, well, especially back in 2014, when I started it, there wasn't that many stages, uh, available and um also uh i mean i called it no jokes barred because it this is less of an issue or will it start it depends on where but uh i mean when i when i started with the comedy scene wasn't as well established as it was now um this was the early days uh you know uh, i think like james mullinger moving back here permanently made mm -hmm. comedy as a more kind of normal evening entertainment event that people could go out and do when we first started there was just this weird idea that our target demographic was that like sweet old senior citizen couple that's sitting at the front and like we just we did not want to offend them and scare them away we want them to come back yeah. so yeah that's that's why i wanted to do uh no jokes barred and and also um hosting like that's that's a way to kind of build up some chops that is a, that is a different thing than doing a set had you had a chance to do much hosting before you started doing your own show i had not like the only hosting i ever had i was doing like mc work for the radio station like that was about my only kind of hosting i had but there was no jokes being told it was just basically you have a script to say sponsors to thank and stuff like that but now it just kind of it gives me like a two minute period between every comedian just to try a bit so you know shorten it up you know cut the fat just try tuck 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 get it out of the way and uh, i like it that way but uh, for me really like 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 you said to start the show to give everybody an opportunity was kind of one of the things i wanted because i knew of certain rooms sometimes not allowing certain people to, to to come on because they said certain things and you're like i didn't want that uh the fuel to the fire name was something i had for a long time i was hoping to eventually build it with with hell's basement but they uh unfortunately didn't really survive the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I just figured bringing it to the furnace room, meaning that it's kind of already a furnace fuel to the fire kind of adds yeah, together. I, but I would have thought that you came up with it after based on the name of the, the room. So no, no, but what I love about the title, it, it kind of has like that, no jokes barred kind of feel to it too, where, you know, it could be hot takes. It could be like, you know, fuel to the fire comedy show. Oh man, this might be like a, a, a crazy show. Like it might be a comedian that's going to say some, really really hot stuff you don't want to hear yeah, so i like to have that kind of expectations to and like also I, I actually after after the last show there was uh there was a couple of people in the audience i talked to who i mean were being prejudiced looking out in the audience and be like oh those people aren't gonna like this <laughs> um but uh, i talked to them and they were fine like one of them was um I mean, yeah, if, if you if you pulled up a, just a Google image search of like, you know, woke 20 year old woman, <laughs> this is the, the picture that would come up, but they 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 enjoyed themselves. And she actually was said that she was kind of expecting it to be even more offensive than it was. Oh, wow. Hurt my feelings a little bit. But uh, <laughs> um but like if the show's called No Jokes Barred, if you go to that on purpose, it's you're kind of an idiot if you're upset yeah. with something that happens there. And and also I guess it does I mean it 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 might scare off a, a certain person that's worried that it's gonna be the whatever phobic, whatever Exactly. And, I mean some sometimes some dicey stuff does come through those those microphones, but it's really 
I, I think I try to make the vibe of the show that we're all just having fun. And even if somebody says something horrible, like we're, I mean, that somebody just made some noises and do a microphone. We're all okay. Calm down. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. And, and some people have, um, have sort of crossed a line that every now and then I'll, I'll hear somebody say something and I'll be like, uh, is this, is this what I've created? Is this the monster that I've created? But, the audience is is the better is a better arbiter than I ever would want to be. Um, usually, if somebody crosses that line where they're saying something that is just horrible and not funny, mm-hmm. it gets the appropriate response from the room. Yeah, exactly. If, if it won't get it from the room, it'll definitely get it from the comedians who are sitting in the back listening to it. So that's uh, that's a great thing too. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I, oh yeah, yeah. There there was one notorious set that happened a few months ago and like it it didn't ruin the show um it was um but and like everybody came on and kind of made fun of uh made fun of the guy that was that was saying the things but not in like a screechy like how dare you kind of way everybody Mm -hmm. was still kind of being funny about it and while also acknowledging like yeah that was that was pretty horrible but um (laughs) And like, there's a weird balance for that. Cause like, I wouldn't want to be on a show where I say something offensive and it bombs and have the host just come up and take a dump on my face. But yeah, uh, in, in, in that case, like it went so badly that it kind of needed to be addressed. Um, and, and the guy knew that and he kind of took it in spirit. He didn't get all butthurt that everybody was making fun of him after the show. And, uh, yeah. like, like even it was, it was a swing and a miss, but my, my goal, especially with the no jokes part show is I would rather people try and fail than, you know, just, uh, maybe I better not do that or I don't want to get in trouble. Oh yeah. And I mean, I've had, <clears throat> I've had great comedians on that they came on and were just like, um, that bombed, you know, that, that weren't doing well to begin with. Um, like I've had Matt Keenan on who, unfortunately I need to have him back to redeem himself. Cause he's a fantastic comedian who just had an off night that night. And even I had a, I had a comment on him after he, he went on and, and bombed and it just, it brought the show right back. You know, it was like, we have the same name we have the same shirt, but remember I'm the funny one. And, uh, it was just kind of something like that. And it just kind of brought the show back to where it needed to be. But I, I love Matt Keenan so much that I, I felt really bad for the guy. Cause I'm like, usually anything in this room gets a fantastic response. And he just didn't seem to to have it that night, unfortunately. But uh, again, like, and, I, like that, I've told and, him, and that happens. And the best of us take that as like, we want to redeem ourselves immediately. Cause yeah. uh, like even sometimes I'll, I'll lean into it when I'm bombing, but I'm never going to hit the stage with the intention of bombing. Um, and you know, the, it's a skill that I need to work on that if something is not going well, being able to do a better job of, uh, changing gears and hopefully winning it back. But if I'm in a situation where like the ship is going down, I'm going to at least have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, like there, there, there are some, but it, it seems to be, it kind of works itself out. There isn't a lot of people that go up and bomb horribly and then come back up again and do the exact same thing and continue to bomb horribly there's been a few yeah. they, they tend to weed themselves out we don't really need to gatekeep them out the door it kind of takes care of itself i find yeah well for me actually like the first night we spoke earlier was first night we met i had a, an extremely bomb set that night that didn't go well at all and uh covid happened and 
it took me six months to get back on stage, which was a, like the worst six months of my life. But yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess that's yeah. A, if you've got that, I, I need to make up for that. And then, oh, wait, yeah. no, comedy's illegal now. Oops. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I had to live with that for six months uh, until I found a, a local parking lot show here that we could do. And I was like, oh, finally. And uh, just murdered that parking lot show, which I really needed. And uh, that just really brought me back to be like, okay, we're, we're, we're not stopping. We're, we're going to keep going. <laughs> yeah, you, you didn't do any of the uh, the horrible Zoom shows that were going on over COVID. No, I could. I tried to watch one, and, and I, I left. Like it was just too painful for me. I just couldn't get behind it. I yeah, I didn't sign up. Some they people started doing them, and I watched one, thinking like I'm never going to do this, but I wanted to mm-hmm. check it out. And I mean, after having that many months off of doing nothing, I kind of even hearing people, even though it was going horribly, just hearing the rhythms of comedy kind of got me. And I was I was kind of like taking notes as I go, like just in case they like were like, yeah. do you want to go on? And I would have had some like you know, do do a thing like RF and I do sometimes, mm-hmm. or we'd just kind of comment on uh, the sets of the other people. So I kind of had that ready to ready to go yeah. and. It got the juices flowing. It it was better than nothing, but not yeah. <laughs> See, I, I kind of did the opposite. I just went back to to revisit everything I loved. Like I went back to far back as like Red Skelton, then to Richard Pryor, then to this, to that, to all over the place. Uh, and I just kind of started listening to a lot of albums again, and watching specials, and like watching the experts. And then, like, within six months, like, you know, I picked up so many new little quirks on, like, rhythm and timing and this and that. And I think it really helped me in that sense to just kind of, like, have this study period for Mm -hmm. when I come back to be just bigger, better, and stronger uh, on stage. Yeah, so how how do you feel that about like your arc so far since since you uh, since you started compared to now? Is it is it going better than you thought worse? You're not sure? I'm actually surprised that it went anywhere. Uh, I'm probably the most surprised person. Uh, I was probably the most surprised contestant at the Hubcap Festival this year when they called my name. I was for sure that like I had four or five people in my head that I knew were going to win this. Yeah. Uh, and when they're go- bringing the third person up, second place person up, and I'm looking at, around at this table of communities, and I'm like, oh, well, it must be him, it must be her, it must be them. And then they call my name, and I was like, what are you guys talking about here? Like, I'm just this new guy. Like, I, even at the hubcap time, I'm probably still under 50 sets, 60 sets, maybe at the most within my time frame of doing stand up. Uh, and, and I was just, I was flabbergasted. And then since then, it's just been exploded to be almost a show a week uh, yeah. that I'm doing. So, like, the material's getting better, the timing's getting better, everything's getting better as I progress. So, I think. I'm just enjoying the ride because as a musician, I think I kind of took advantage of skipping steps too much and doing this and that here and there. Um, where now I'm just really, I'm older, I'm wiser. And I'm just kind of enjoying the ride, meeting people. Like that's the fun I'm getting out of this now. It's more of a, it's a hobby that's turning into a really busy hobby all of a sudden. So it's fun. Yeah. And it's, it's too bad that the thing that, you know, we, we really like doing, there isn't any more money in it. There it really isn't mm-hmm. even for the, I mean, there's very, very limited opportunities within uh, within New Brunswick for uh, yeah. comedians. Um, there, there's a little bit more, and I, th- I think you could probably 
uh, do a clean set to do like a corporate gig or something like that, which which aren't fun, but at least there's yeah. some money in it. I mean, well, even doing wow. a terrible comedy show is better than most day jobs. So I would yeah. sell out in a minute. I'm just I don't I'm not yeah. capable of doing that kind of material that anybody would want to pay money for well this is my first year going at corporate shows i've actually had uh, one corporate one a friend of mine who has a business who reached out to me be like hey would you come do you know a half hour for for our staff and well let me give it a try and if it really works out well then i'll know next year i can really look into this and develop more clean material because i'm surprised myself how how clean my act has been uh since progressing because off stage like i'm a very like I joke about everything. I have no limits. I have no boundaries, but when it comes to probably my material, I'm very, I know I don't notice it, but I'm very restrained on certain topics and I don't go dirty. I don't swear too much. I don't, you know, go, go off the rails too much, but yeah, uh, that, that certainly opens, opens doors. I wish I could kind of do that, but I mean, that's not what comes out of me. And if, if I sat down and tried to write like a clean set, it just, I don't, I can only write for myself and this is what this is what comes yeah. if every now and then if I get lucky in something that makes me laugh if I like I don't I don't think I swear a whole lot but I guess the content of my material gets a little bit mm-hmm. dicey sometimes but um yeah it's just uh, and that, that's the other thing about like no jokes barred and having the kind of that open policy it doesn't have to be offensive um so like uh, no jokes barred includes anybody that's completely clean or whatever yeah. and uh like even if anybody wants to do like whatever like a super woke progressive comedy set i wouldn't like, yeah. not allow it yeah at the end of it all jokes are jokes right like that's yeah. that's the moral of the story like you know if if you got to take it like it is take one on the chin for the champ you know like just go for it yeah, because uh, in that again, that that opens that opens doors. Um, being a clean comedian, you basically can do any show. There isn't really, I don't think there's any shows that would not allow that. But there are certain shows that that don't allow yeah. the, the kind of comedy that I do. So it's limited in that. But um, yeah, I just even if I wanted to to write a clean set, I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. Um, have you, uh, have there been any kind of major, uh, lessons learned and readjustments that you've had to made since you, since you started? I'm still made, I'm still learning a whole lot when I'm going up there. Like I'm, I'm learning almost every show. I'm learning something new about myself. Um, some mistakes I've made, basically I've being the, the writer that I am, like I kind of obsess over it. Like I, my mind always thinks about my writing in a way, like it's always kind of working its way back there and then it'll work itself out. And then one day it'll pop in my head and be like, okay, you got to write it down like this. And then that's just kind of how it comes out. My brain works weirdly in that way. Lyrics was the same thing. Like I'd have a melody, I'd have a song written and the lyrics would almost write themselves within two or three days. Uh, so when I do bits and stuff, I try this word, I try this line. And then sometimes I'll, I'll put this premise before this premise or this and that. And like, so I just kind of go up there with these bits as a set list. And I know like, well, this has to go this way before I can say this and that and that and this. And so it's very, for, for me, it's very orchestrated in that way. Yeah. Yeah, I know. There's, yeah, I've I've learned and hosting helped me because uh, when I when I first started, like when I was doing those music open mic bits, I'd be doing like they would 
unfortunately give me like 15 20 minute like as long as yeah. it was banned to play like three or four songs so mm-hmm. just very rambly which I, I, I still do longer bits but i've gotten better over the years of uh of i don't necessarily write any shorter but i've gotten better at recognizing like within this 10 minute bit that i have i can kind of cut out yeah. this part and it kind of works as a self-contained thing yeah you can just kind of trim the fat around it and make it work yeah yeah and i'd still i still rather do the long version when it's got room to breathe but i at Mm -hmm. least uh and and i've i've over the last um probably six months so there's been a few times where i've done like i went or well last year in december i went down to uh to yuck yucks and just did a guest spot and i had like seven minutes so instead of doing like a seven minute set yeah i went through my stuff and i was like i'll take a little piece of this one and a piece of this one and these two kind of fit together so i'm I'm getting better at building up stuff like that and i've i've been making more of an effort because uh you know i've been doing it for over 10 years now so i've got a i've got a back catalog of of bits so if i don't Mm -hmm. have any new on a particular show i can go back and be like oh i haven't done this one in three years and if I do it today, I've got that much, those last few years of, uh, of experience to punch it up a little bit and maybe find a different angle on it. Yeah. See, I've kind of had the opposite. I've been like starting, I was very restricted to those like seven minute spots. So I always had to like develop that like tight kind of material. If I wanted to get the most jokes in that, that I could, mm-hmm. but after, uh, the hubcap winning, I've had the opportunity to do longer sets and longer shows and, and kind of have that going for me. So now I, I can like gauge, okay, well, I, I have this seven minute set and this seven minute set. If I match those two together, well, that's a 15 minute set. Oh, I got to do 25 well, or 30. Well, let me just match in these two other seven minute sets that I have and blend yeah, them all in together. So to link those, those pieces together is a, is a different skill too. And see yeah. which, which one should come before which one is, is part mm-hmm. of it too. Yeah. All right. Well, we're uh, we're running out of time. Do you want to give a final plug for the show coming up? Do you have the yeah. list of comedians that are on it in front of you? Or oh, I, I I don't have it, but I'll, I'll try to remember all arm. of them. I'm going to remember all of them. Uh, this week it's November third. Uh, the furnace room. We have the fuel to the fire comedy show. Uh, we have John Forward on. We have myself. We have Lynn Woods. We have John Scope Nielsen. Uh, we have newbies like uh, Mitch Grant, Chris Roy. Uh, we also have Ryan Whitaker from St. John is coming down with you guys. Uh, who else do I have? I have, oh man, I'm, I'm going to do, they're going to be mad that I don't remember them. I also have a super secret guest, uh, this week that, uh, it's going to be really fun. I think he was on the first show with you. So, uh, I think you guys all know each other, but yeah, so I have a super secret guest in before our intermission, which is going to be fun. Uh, so yeah, so that'll be this week. Come on down seven 30 sharp is showtime. We will be done by nine 30. So we'll be home by 10. Uh, so yeah, just come on down, enjoy it, have some laughs, have some beverages at the furnace room and, uh, yeah, come check out local comedy here in Moncton. All right. Well, Matt White, thank you. This has been St. John Forward Radio. Thank you.